too much. It's in my head. And I would have struggled my whole life just getting by if I had to before I would go be at the office. I just couldn't. I don't want a boss telling me what to do. I, I just can't do it. I don't like having to be at work at this time. I want to walk barefoot to work and I can do that. Now I'm shaking off the rush. We're live, we got a hot mic on the go. Welcome back everybody to episode 10 on the Quarter Life Crisis Podcast. I'm your host JB here with co-host Rig. As always. And I can tell you right now, we've got an amazing episode for you guys. We've got a crazy chill guest. Super, super cool. Super cool. Super cool woman. Too cool. Like to the point where it actually made me kind of embarrassed at how non-cool I am. And just like maybe my whole outlook on life is completely backwards. Yeah, yeah. Guys, listen in to the end. This one is going to be a good one. Riggs. Let's get into some exciting news that uh, that just came up. Well, it's not my exciting news, JB. <laughs> Why don't we tell the Quarter Life Crisis listeners what is going on in the life of Justin Borelli right now? Okay, so not a big deal. For those of you that know me, for those of you that don't, I just bought my first house, actually a condo. A couple clicks for that. Very exciting time. Good for you, dude. It, it, it is an exciting time, but I'm not going to put too much on it because, you know, it, it's just another one of those steps in life that everyone thinks you have to take, but... I'm excited about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Pretty pretty cookie cutter for a guy who runs a podcast called The Quarter Life Crisis about breaking away from the mainstream. Yeah, you might be right with that one. Um, But it's not so cookie cutter. Oh. Because the whole reason I kind of did it, and there's two people involved in this process, me and my girlfriend. Yeah. yeah, I won't leave that out. But the whole reason I like to think that I bought the place was because it was right behind this surf shop, Urban Surf. Um. And I just love that lifestyle. I love being on the water. And I can't believe I, my first house is like kind of near the water and I get to just paddleboard out any day that I want. You know what I mean? I just thought it was a cool thing. And that's the whole reason I kind of wanted to move there. Faith might disagree. But that was my reasoning for going Yeah, that's pretty dope though. I'm, I'm jealous. That's that's sick. You're going to have like marina right there, like paddleboard every day, man. Every day in the summer, every day you have off, just get out there and paddleboard. Be in the water. Be amazing. Dude, un unreal. And that's why I went to Vancouver with you. Well, not with you, but... We went to Vancouver. We felt that like vibe, that lifestyle. And I was like, why can't I do this in Windsor? Bring that back. Is that why you got a condo, not a house? Hell yeah. That's exactly why I got a condo. I, do I want to, dude, I'm looking at that grass right now. I don't want to cut that. <laughs> okay. I'm looking at that fat driveway. I don't want to shuffle that. Like, I don't want to do any of these things. I want to be able to get in, get out. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Hop on the paddleboard, go to whoever's house. I don't know. Like, I respect that. Yeah. The paddleboard only works on water. You do know that, right? Like, yeah, that might make things difficult. I was so ready to live out the Italian dream and live here until I was 30 with my rents. And my mom just made this delicious curry for us, as you can attest to. It was fantastic. Yeah. And uh, I don't know that I can say that my honey bunches of oats is going to be making, <laughs> is going to be delivering on that. <laughs> she might not be able to whip up that curry after a couple tough days at work. And especially with... She's going to have to do your laundry because we know you're incapable of that. This poor girl, I don't know what she sees in you, but... Uh, I mean, either you want me or you don't. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Fair. Speaking of surfing, I'm not trying to be ridiculous when I say this. Surfing changed my life. And I have only surfed for a cumulative 12 hours in my life. But when you get out there and you get on a board, I don't care if it's because like what you've seen in movies makes you think a certain way. And just like how like cool you think you are. Mm -hmm. Something chemically changed in my brain that day when I caught my first wave. 
and I'm not talking about chasing Mavericks. I wasn't catching huge waves. Like I understand the wave I was on was not that large. <laughs> I chemically changed for the better. Dude, you're right on. Yeah. I've been in that position and once you catch that wave and you feel that thing pushing you forward, instantly, I thought I had long blonde curly hair with shades on holding it back. A thousand percent. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah it just puts you into that vibe. How'd you feel after? Amaz- like it was amazing. And I loved it. And I didn't even want to be too aggressive and be like, this was literally the most amazing experience of my life. But I remember like the first day after I did it, I was like, I changed. And I immediately went back the next day, rented a board and did it on my own. And I was alone in the water for like six hours and didn't leave because I was just so content with what was going on in the world. But if, if you do not respect the ocean, you are in trouble. Oh yeah. It'll, it'll conk you. Yeah. How sick is that walk back after you're done surfing and you know, like it's just a beautiful day. You got the salt water in your hair and you're just holding that board, walking back on the cobblestone back to the, whatever surf shop you got it from. It was unbelievable. I remember specifically the walk was so far and it was on this like gravel. I was barefoot and I had like my wetsuit, like half undone. So it's like dangling. Yes. What a feeling. And I was walking back to the car and my feet hurt so bad, but they didn't at the same time because I was like, I was like, I'm a surfer dude now. Like this is, I know I was like, I'm not complaining about my feet. I was like, I don't care if they're bleeding right now. I am, I'm killing it. But that leads us into today where our guest actually might have something to do with that surf shop that is right behind your future home. So I would say, let's just dive right into it. Can't wait to get into it. Sitting in front of us here today is an entrepreneur with three successful businesses, a YouTuber and fitness fanatic with over 60,000 subscribers, a mother of three, a wife to one, a surfer, a skater, a certified badass. She was recently ranked most chill and coolest person in Windsor and Essex County. We're not going to tell you who did those rankings. The Diesel, Big D, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Danielle Menge. Danielle, what is going on today? Uh, not much. I still go by Chevalier. I kept my name. I'm a badass. I didn't take my husband's name. <laughs> wow, we didn't do our research. Okay, go ahead. No, that's okay. Danielle Chevalier. Yeah, that was like the best intro ever. Thank you so much for making my head just like a little bigger than it already is, but I got to like loosen this. Like, <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, Danielle, listen, this is one thing that I really wanted to talk to you about today was the fact that I just bought my first house or condo. T- to be honest, the whole reason we kind of bought it was because we were really near your business, Urban Surf. So I just bought one of those condos right across the little creek. Oh, you're right across the new ones that are being built. You're going to creep right in my bedroom window. A hundred percent. Well, maybe, maybe not do that, but. <laughs> oh, I'm just joking. That's cool. Those are going to be sweet. Like we're really excited about it. At first we're like, man, like they're building our sunsets gone, but like they're going to do it up really nice. And it's only going to add to like the atmosphere for sure. Well, that's what I'm wondering. Everyone that asks me about where I'm buying a place. The first thing I tell everyone is, okay, you know where urban surface? Yeah. Right across the Creek. I, I don't even know what street it's on. I just know it's across from Urban Surf. So I always use that as uh, my gauge. Well, welcome to the hood soon, my friend. Super, super pumped about it. Yeah, for me, I'm just stoked to have Danielle here today because I actually got to meet Danielle when I was like 15 or 16 years old. And I wanted to have her on because the day I met her, I knew this chick didn't mess around and she was an absolute badass. Yeah. I was 15 years old, just drafted by the Spitz, probably thought my shit didn't stink. Yeah, you did. And I remember showing up to Suicide Hill and she rolled up in her red Dodge Dakota and oh, yeah. <laughs> immediately of a group of 16 to 20 year old boys just started calling the shots and started saying rookies go get the tires out of the out of the truck 
And she took no shit. And I'm sitting there like, this girl was doing more push-ups than me, was holding planks twice as long as me. Like she did not mess around and she is a certified badass. And that's why I'm pumped to have her on the show today. Yeah. Can we dig into this? Like, were you putting them right through the ringer? Like, how did this happen? Yeah, it's kind of funny. So it was like the first week that I went out on my own and I've never looked back and always worked for myself since that first week. I was training at gyms for like a couple of years, good life. And then this other gym. And then I knew like, I'm a big like nature person and I knew boot camps had to be going on outdoors telling the gym like we got to do this and like no 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 we want to keep people in the gym and they just had it all wrong so I did it on the side myself they found out and they were kind of like man like you can't be doing that you gotta choose us or your own thing outside and at that time you guys had just won the spits just won the, their first cup right so then I don't know if I called Bob I just showed up at Bob's office Bugner and I I just was I was all dressed up and I was just like you just won you need me and he was I think he was just kind of like didn't obviously think he needed me, but he was just like, maybe found it funny. And he's just like, okay, like, let's see what this girl's got. I said, I'll give you the first session free. And then you're gonna pay me this much. And it's gonna be weekly. Da, da, da. And we tried it out. And then we went to the hill and I showed up with my truck. I might've had Raya with me. She was like two or three. Yeah. You're probably thinking, who's this lady with this kid? And then, yeah, I remember the gym was like, you got to choose. I had just signed up with you guys. And I was like, okay, hey, peace out. Like, see you. Like, I didn't like people telling me what to do anyways. I never have. So I went out on my own. And then the next week there was like a picture of me and you guys, the spits, training the spits. It was like head of the sport. I'll never forget this. Cause it was really like, I was just like, yeah, like I hope the gym saw this. Like, here I am. Like oh, yeah. you kicked me out now I'm training the spits and I'm on the head of the sports and it was like me and all, all the guys around me. And that's kind of how it all started. And I trained you guys for like maybe two seasons and then it just kind of helped launch my, my axe fit. Yeah. I admired most about it was she would show up to the hill with like dumbbells, tires with like yellow rope. And she's yeah. carried that to this day. We're like, she, when she runs her like skateboard workouts and stuff, it's just kind of like a no excuses, no BS thing. There's no reason that you're not supposed to be doing this right now. <laughs> yeah. You remember the yellow rope and all. Yeah. I still have those actual tires that I trained you with. They're like kids to me. I've had them since I was your age. I've carried them from house to house to house. Me, Raya moved around for a long time. because I was a single mom when I started training you guys. And we lived so tight. Like we ate spaghetti every night. I started my boot camp and trained you guys. And that was the only income coming in. And, um, I was just like hoping someone would buy a pack to my boot camp that night so we could go get like groceries. It was insane for like maybe five years. Cause a business takes three to five years to get moving. Like Axfit didn't just take off right away. It took a long, you know, it took about three or four years to really go. Cause back then before boot camps really weren't a thing. I was kind of the first one around here doing it. I was the first one kind of sharing on YouTube. I've been on YouTube since then, 10, 11 years, I started my YouTube channel and I don't have a billions of followers like I would thought I have by now, but it's so niche. But anyhow, it was pretty cool. I'm pretty proud of AxFit and where it went. And I loved every minute of it. Okay. So the gym that you originally had worked at didn't want you working at two gyms at once. And then you said Japice and went over to train the spits. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I wasn't in two gyms. I trained at their gym and I was doing my own thing outside because I had Raya. So I was like, okay, so I had this kid and I was like, what can I do with this kid? I love training. Actually, Axfit started as a stroller fit class. So I made all these posters up. I put them under all these windshields. I lived in Bell River. So I put it all, all over Bell River. I put it all over um, like the windows of stores. I went in every store, dragging around my back. Like, can I put this in the window? Who's going to say no to a mom trying to like get by? So these were all over. And then I just showed up at the park on the day of the first class and moms came. So mom, AxFit started as like me and bringing my kids. So it was like a stroller fit. And it was like adrenaline stroller fit, which is kind of weird, but it was badass. And 
and it was a mom with muscles like pushing the stroller and then the moms started bringing the dads and then sometimes they, they would get sitters and just come without their kid and then that's kind of how actually started because i was like wait a minute so then i started having like an actual class and a stroller fit class and then um it kind of like grew from there and the gym was just like you gotta like yeah you can't be outside and with us even though as a contract worker it was their loss and i signed with the spits at that time too so it was just like super cool but like all it took was going in and saying to Bob, you need me. You know what I mean? You want something just like freaking going to the main source and just ask. It's pretty simple. The worst they can say is no. And I think that whole story is just the most entrepreneurial mindset I've ever heard. But it was yeah. pre Gary V and these guys sitting up there yelling at you to do things because you didn't have the resource of Instagram to like find this inspiration from people or this how-to and you just kind of did it on your own and literally just went to work started putting papers on windshields and that's how she became successful and look at her today yeah can we put that in perspective though she went up to bob bugner who is a former nhl player owns a junior hockey team that just won a memorial cup and she's walking into his office saying no no this is my show now yeah yeah pretty much and he, <laughs> does he not coach the San now he coached the San Jose Sharks. Head coach. Yeah. Yeah. So like, this wasn't like you were walking into Joe Schmo's office saying, <laughs> hey, uh, yeah, you know what? I'm going to take over here. No, you walked into the big boys and you said, hey, this is what's happening. And then yeah. she did it. Like, what was it like? She put you through the ringer, I heard. Oh, yeah. She would work us to the grindstone, man. It was crazy. <laughs> you guys I couldn't were, believe it. You guys were probably like, who the hell is this lady? Oh, and it was it was funny because like I, remember, I think it was like Wednesdays we would go. And we were always, yeah. after like the first one, then I was like excited. I actually like, could use this energy, like a change of scenery, get yelled at by another trainer. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah. And like Bob, when I walked to his office, I had like the skirt and then this sh shirt and then this like girly tie. And I was just like, boom, boom, boom. And I remember going, put my hands on his desk. I'll, I'll never forget. And I was just like, you need me. And he was, I knew I would just walk in and say, you need me. That's all I wanted to like start with. <laughs> and he was just like, who, who are you? Like, what's going on? I don't know how I had the balls to do that, but I was just like desperate, right? I had this kid and like, I just did it. But yeah, I remember it was Wednesdays. You have a good memory. And it was, you guys were awesome. And it was so fun. Here's me as this young trainer having like 20 guys and it was all epic players too like even like Ott was in coming he wasn't even playing with you guys but he heard about him so he started coming Halsey all you got like it was just yeah. awesome it was like just really cool for me I, I don't know and then I got to go to all the games for free there was me and Rye we had our own seats for like a couple years it was just so fun I'm like living in the past of like back when I trained the spits I'm like 16 and I'm like yeah I used to train the spits <laughs> That's okay. I, I still I still talk about my junior hockey days, so don't worry about that. It's okay to be nostalgic. Now I want to kind of dive into something that something that I I I think I came up with it. I call it the surf shop theory, and I think that people that live this like traditional Western American lifestyle are like, I just want to win the lottery, and then I'm going to move to Costa Rica, move to Mexico, move to San Diego, open a surf shop, live on the beach, and just chill. Everyone, I'm going to have no worries in the world. How did you make a surf shop happen in a city where waves really don't exist? Yeah. Yeah. So we're a lot alike, my friend, because I was always like, cause I'm like a skater and I was always like, Hey, I want to just like skateboard every day. How can I do this? How, me and Chris met and, um, he helped me kind of like, cause I'm not business savvy at all. I'm more like the fluff. I'm a people person. I like the 
branding of it and all that and like coming up with ideas but he's more like the business side of it so when we met we're he's very into like nature and how'd you guys meet he came to axfit actually and i don't normally like hit on my like clients but we just became buddies we started golfing we started playing basketball and then we just kind of grew so he came to axfit because he was trying to like find like a clean life not that he had a bad lifestyle but he's like i just need something in my life i want to like other than just like you know hang with the dudes so he joined my class and yeah, we, I kicked his ass and he fell in love with me, but uh, <laughs> it's crazy because urban surf started because of AxFit. So I was training Steve Ott's wife, a couple of the NHLers that would come home and their, um, their wives. And one day it was super hot. I was at Ott's house and they're like, Oh, it's like too hot. Like, can you train us on our paddle boards today? And I was just like, yeah, like, okay, what are these things? I acted like I knew what they were. I got on it. We went paddling out on the lake and we're paddling and I'm teaching him this class. I've never even been on one, but I'm like, what the hell? What are these things? This is so sick. This was like maybe 10, 12 years ago. And then um, I was just like, fell in love with it. And I was like, okay, hey, we need these. So then I said to Chris, we were kind of newly dating. We started Urban Surf only nine months into dating. So we were like pretty new. And I said, hey, like I tried these paddle boards. We have to get some. I want to start accident classes on them. So we got, I think it was six paddle boards and we bought this trailer. So urban surf started just off renegade style off a trailer. And the first year we would just find drop points wherever we could. Uh, we even went to this like cemetery in bell river because it had water access and we'd park and kind of sneak. We're like, we're so wrong. Like sneaking in a cemetery to use their waterway <laughs> does that. And people would meet there and we're like walking through the tombstones to get to the water oh, boy. and they have to climb over this like brush hole. And then we'd get in and we took off. And uh, so we did that for the first year renegade all over workouts and then we found the marina and chris used to drive by that marina that we're at where you're moving across years ago he lives around the corner and he told from like a young child he said to his mom mom i'm gonna do something at that marina i like this spot and it was run down marina when we got it like it had been for sale for like five years no one saw the diamond here and and i was was always intrigued by it too because i would drive to bell river and i would always look down it was like a garden center one time i was like what goes on down there i didn't say i was going to do something there but i definitely felt this like attraction so we went to this marina and we had a hard time finding the owner, but then we finally found him and we said, can we rent two boat wells off you to run like, you know, the fitness classes. And then the boards were sitting around all day and we're like, these boards are just sitting here. We might as well like rent them. So we started renting them. And then he said, Hey, the house is empty. If you guys want to rent the house, we're like eight, nine months in dating. We're like, ah, oh, like he had maybe just met Raya, but it felt right. So we just moved in and like, we haven't really looked back since. And then the business just grew. We turned one of the garages into a smoothie bar. And I don't know, I just like always wanted to do something that I enjoyed and I loved. And it doesn't have to be, you don't have to be an entrepreneur to do that. You could work for like a big company, as long as you're doing something you enjoy and you love, because you're spending most of your life doing work. So if you're not doing something you like, but I remember like our, both our parents were like, what, like a surf shop, like surf, like there's no waves. Like, what are you talking about? He was in business school to be like a lawyer or something. So they were kind of like, what? And my parents are like, are you sure? Like we're taking the little savings we had both of us and like doing this. And everyone was kind of saying no, but that's like my thing. I always tell young people, like, don't let like outside influences say no to things. Right. If we would have listened, we wouldn't have done it. We were like, we're freaking doing this. And, and then we just did it. So there, long story, but bang on story. What happened with Chris? What was he like going to do? And then he just threw it up and he yeah. said, let's go all in on this. Yeah. He just like got his NBA and like was going to be a lawyer like his dad and was like kind of set to do that or something in the business field. Like he was a business guy. So he was kind of working at the private college there and he was like the dean of the college. And it was so funny because the first year I kind of ran urban 
most of the time, but Chris would come home. He got it so he could just work till like one. He'd come home in his business suit. I'm, I remember, I just never forget this. He'd run in the house and then come out looking like like this, like, you know, hat yeah. on, surfer. And then, and then finally I was like, you need to freaking just like go all in, like stop like this job. We don't need it. And so then finally he like quit and the place was like so sad to see him go. Even like to this day, they're like, you sure you don't want to like do stuff on the side? And we're wow. like, no man, we don't need it. So he was doing this half and half for like a seat, half a season. And then he just came all into like season two. So now we're going into season nine. And um, yeah, it seems like we just started it yesterday. We started with six paddle boards and one canoe. And now we have maybe like 70 paddle boards, 70, 60, 70 kayaks, tandem and regular. And we stopped doing canoes because people were always like tipping them. And there's just, I feel like we can start a YouTube channel at Urban Surf because the crazy shit that goes on there, it's hilarious. The stuff we see, like just so funny. You can just imagine people getting on boards, what they wear. Some come full like wetsuit because they have that wetsuit they want to wear. I'm like, it's like a hundred out, man. You don't need like to wear your wetsuit. Like good job you have one. Just like really funny stuff. It's so funny. What do you think is like the, like the craziest story or funniest thing that you've seen at urban surf? If you had to put it. Oh, um, I don't just people falling in. <laughs> um, yeah. Like people getting on the board. Sometimes we'll get like these big dudes. I find the funniest when these like big guys come up and we're trying to give them a lesson and they're just like, yeah, like I'm like sports. Like I can do this. Like I don't need a look. And they go to step on and they just like fly in and then they're just like all full of like water and it's a little like murky in the creek. You know, you rather swim For out sure. in the lake. It's not that world. I'm sure our air might be more polluted than that that river anyways. But um yeah, those always make me laugh. And then they'll climb back on, they're like, well, what do I do? I'm like, bud, like you said you knew what you're doing. Like <laughs> I love it. That's my favorite. A hundred percent. That's toxic masculinity that just slides in. But yeah, so it's pretty cool. Some days I'm just like, how did this happen? I went from like this mom with no food in our home. Like we, we were getting the Goodfellows box every Christmas. Like that was like a thing for a couple of Christmases. It was really tight. That truck I had, like if something broke down on it, luckily it never did. That thing just ran. Um, I would have been screwed. Like I didn't have extra money to like get, you know, the car fixed. So it was like insane. And now when I go for walks and I walk over the bridge coming from your new condo area, mm -hmm. I'm like, what? Like, what? I own this. Like, I'm still like, I, I own this property, that gravel down there, this wood, this dock, this marina. I own all these boat slips. Like, I'm just like, wow, by it still every day. How did this happen? Yeah. It's so cool. And I just love that point you hit up on earlier. When you get to that point of, almost desperation you called it where you don't really have any more options and you're just saying like this is what we're gonna do to sum up you had a kid you said you're nine months into your relationship with your with your new dude who by the way sick dude i don't even know yeah. him love that guy <laughs> like seriously walks out yeah. backwards hat the shades great guy <laughs> and you just decided to go right off the cliff and figure it out on the way down yeah yeah we just went all in and you know what the community took to urban surf like day one like yeah we only had six boards so it seemed busy we're like oh at the end of the day we'd be like oh like we made this like we made this we had this hiding spot under our silverware thing in the drawer and we just like put it there and every day we're like whoa we made this like just like hanging out we play hacky sack we're skating in our parking lot people would walk up we didn't we still to this day don't really have big flashy urban surf signs we like it kind of like out west style like they don't have like big signs and big lights we don't we've never really had an urban surf sign like we still don't like we like being kind of that hidden gem that you kind of just find but then once you know it's there it's there but yeah like we were just like whoa like people are showing up so it was at first it was just like the neighborhood russell woods kind of people because our marina it's still rough we're the type of people that like every year we're improving it and that's something like young people like i can 
definitely give you advice when you're starting something. Cause when we got there, yeah, I would have loved, I'd still, it's still not at our dream spot. Say you want to own a gym or say you want to run a bar or a restaurant or um, with AxFit. Like I, I wanted, I thought I wanted a gym for a long time. So you think you want this, but you can't start with that end goal right away. Cause you're gonna have so much debt. To this day, I still have no debt. Like Chris and I have no debt. We never have had a cent of debt since we started Urban Surf, not a penny. I mean, we have our mortgage, but like, that's not really debt. So starting something, you just got to start, start small and kind of like grow it. So I started AxFit in a park with a couple dumbbells and some tires I got for free and some sandbags. I stole sand from the beach and just kind of start it build your brand, right? Build your brand, build who you are. And same with urban surf. We found this, the crappy Marina, no one wanted moved in the house. It was super creepy inside. Like Ted Dudley still haunts us to that day. We haven't renovated, but we just keep kind of putting like the money we're making into like new equipment and building the business. Eventually we'll do our home, but you know, just starting kind of small, seeing the patterns of where people walk. Cause at first we thought the patio should be over here, but we found everyone was attracting to buy this one tree by the water over here. So if we would have went all in and threw a ton of money and renovating this piece and doing it, how we, we didn't even know, we didn't even like have people there yet. I know I kind of went off course a little bit, but I think it's something when you're young and you want to start something kind of don't feel like you need to like, go get all this money to start a business, start fitness, to start whatever it may be. It could be any business, um, a realtor, whatever. You just kind of got to start small and see the patterns of things and how they lay out and kind of prove your concept first and then kind of go from there. So urban still needs tons of work. It's not perfect, but it kind of gives it that charm, right? Oh yeah. Okay. This is going to lead me into our next topic. This is what kills me is that from an outsider's perspective, I know Hans knows you. We've met a couple times, but you just look like you have the most chill, positive vibe. And I'm just wondering, how do you go about doing that? Like, do you see yourself as chill and how did you get to be so chill? Chill. It's so funny because back when I was in high school, um, we used to try and like tag things with like spray paint outside and mine was like chilling. It was like the way I spelled it. So when you said this, it just brought back chill because you said chill like six times in that question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My tag like with my spray paint because we would like do stuff like that. We were bad, but mine was like chilling. So I think just ingraining it maybe started there, but, and I do see myself as chill because I'm pretty easy going. Like my daughter would say the same because I feel it. And you know what? I meditate. So that helps. I work out every day. Mm. I eat really, really healthy. I, I go to bed really early. Um, and I've always kind of been that way. I've always stuck to like these things because having that mindset, it's not just like, okay, I'm going to like be chill. Like it's a balance of things. So like your nutrition's like, so important. you are what you eat, what you fuel your body is. So if you're eating crappy food, you're going to feel crazy. It's gonna make you feel crazy. I always get like good sleep. I'm like, I'm in bed early 10. I'm up at set. Like I get like eight hours, nine hours every night. Mm. Um, and then I work out every day. So that helps. And then just why take things so serious? You know what I mean? I don't know. Would you say that is a good reason why you just don't really care what people think about you? Like, does that help just that whole chillness? when you think of the bigger picture of life, mm -hmm. right? The bigger picture, like, what does it matter? What buddy thinks of you, what you're wearing? Like, I know people probably think like, grow up, like you're like, I'm 39 in a couple of weeks, almost. So let's say I'm pretty much 40, like grow up, like stop wearing your hat backwards. Stop. Like maybe dress like you're not like 15 anymore. Like I'm sure people can say funny things about me or like on my Instagram, like I, I'm a bit out there. I don't care what people think in the bigger picture. Like you can't worry about what people are thinking. You need to just do what feels right in your like soul and in your heart. And I think living a life of like love and like being loving to people. And 
I try and compliment like people constantly. It's just in me. I don't like try it. It's just like, when you see people like just say something good, like strangers, everyone, some people might think is she Les hitting on me about my, how pretty my dress is on me. But I just try and always say things to people because the littlest comment can change someone's whole day. So I think kind of putting that out there, you get it back. I don't know. It's just a whole, put it out there. You get it back and meditating really helps. Like, I don't know if you guys do it, but I wish someone like pushed me to start when I was young. Cause it's, it changes you. It really does. Have you been doing it, Riggs? I'm pretty consistent with it. Yeah. Wow. You're getting, I was for a long time, fell off the bandwagon now, but I'll get back into it. You're doing it. And I love hearing that. Yeah. And I just do like 10 minutes yeah. a day. 10 minutes, like- 10 minutes is hard. Like start at like two minutes if you can. Like honestly, like I think sitting there with your eyes closed for 10 minutes starting is like pretty difficult. But what I do now is I like walk myself through a whole body scan and I just like start at my head and like end at my feet and just like talk my way through my body and like how it's feeling and like just to be loose and to like let the stress go. No one's one's guiding you? No, I just do it on my own and I like talk myself through it. Oh, you use a guide, uh, Danielle? Ooh, guide, no guide, guide, no guide. (laughs) When I started out, I used a guide. I do the YouTube ones are like 10 minutes or so and they teach you the words, the lingos, the stories to tell yourself. I do a lot of grounding ones, which are like connecting with nature, planting like your roots into the ground and like the earth. And, and now I still do some guided, but I do a lot of my own too. But um, the body scan is important. I do that also. And like breathing, like breathing in like love and light and like positive and like breathing out your mouth, like the negative worry, self doubt and starting like, say you're young and you want to start your own thing or get, get after your own passion or whoever you're working for, like just releasing in that breathing of like anything that's like distracting you. It really does help. Cause it's like, there's stuff in your brain that when you're meditating, it's like using just like you are at the gym with muscles. Right. So by using that, when and it's not even the meditation for like the moments you're doing, it's for like middle of the day when someone's pissing you off, you just kind of can like bring yourself back to that. And you're just like, okay, like, just good. Like, yep. Don't worry. Da, da, da. So I don't know. It, I feel like everyone needs to make time for it. Like two minutes. Like you said, mm, I'm huge on that right now. Light just from the sun. You could stop and just like, look at the sun, close your eyes, breathe it in. You can feel, you know, how you can see like the sun through your eyelids yeah. when they're shining. like, just like light from the sun, light from the stars, light from the moon light 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 we're all made of energy if you think about it your hand is not actually a solid if you had that microscope or whatever failed at science so like no one really quote me on this but we're all made up of like tiny little like molecules atoms energy like we're the same as the trees and everything if you don't think like meditating and getting that energy in and out like you're crazy or maybe i'm crazy i don't know she's i think she's bang on i just love i love the mindset and i love like we talked about chill i wonder how you can keep that mellow chill while staying so competitive in business like do you have that competitive edge still in business but you kind of remain easygoing as you're doing it yeah we used to be a little more competitive back when we first started urban surf and with axfit i was like because oh, when i first started axfit i was the only kind of boot camp in our city at the time and when down a couple of years later there started to be more and with urban now there's a couple like paddle shops opening up and with axfit i was at first i was like no like i want to be the girl and i was like nervous so but it puts fuel in your fire to make you like have to change things up then i started doing workouts at the boot camps at the beach adding the paddle boards and same with urban surf like these other ones popped up so it was kind of like okay we got to like keep being innovative right now we have electric bikes we have to have the smoothie shop we have a sand pit with a slack line we didn't make it just about the paddle boards it's like a lifestyle so you can take that competitive and like 
let it discourage you and make you maybe like not do well and be negative. And maybe some might quit or some might just like stay the same and be like, Oh, well, like they're better now, but like, I'm doing fine. I'm making money. Or you can use it as fuel to kind of like keeping innovative and coming up with your own things. Mm. And then you get to a point where you embrace competition and you realize there's enough people for everyone and your like is going to attract like. So people that are kind of drawn to like our style will come here. And if they're not, you know, go to that one for us too. Like it's good to paddle all the waterways and we just offer the one. So go paddle that one. And then you're going to people that go there might be like, okay, now I want to try here. So you got to eventually kind of embrace competition. And with AxFit, I started my YouTube sharing all my secrets, all the like tools I got in my toolbox of my training are all out there. So if you start kind of sharing it with the world, you're like up here, it almost makes you like the leader of it, you know? Mm -hmm. So we embrace the competition at urban. So I think having that mindset of like, you can't worry because what can you really change with worry? Right. It's a lot. Like me and Chris live, eat, breathe, sleep, like business. We got sketch the art shop going on. I sell work. I sell guides on my YouTube channel, like through the YouTube channel. We have like, they're called Axfit blueprints. That's our bu- biggest business. No one even knows about all day. My phone's dinging. Like maybe I sold 10 already. T- like it's insane. Dig in on that a little bit. What is that? So like, um, I start, I started my YouTube channel a long time ago and I don't have billions of followers, but I have like niche trainers that follow me around the world. So these trainers kept asking like, Hey, do you sell your workouts for years? They asked me even back when I was filming you guys, remember I'd film you guys. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And we made these videos. I mean, people just be like, okay, how long did they break for, you know, like how many reps? Oh, do, 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 do you sell your workouts? Do you sell your workouts? People kept asking. And then one day Chris is like, let's give the people what they freaking want, man. Like <laughs> these guides. So we started making videos and then I just trained it. Chris filmed it. And then he packages them because he's the business guy. I don't even know how he does it. He packaged them. And we have about like 70 of them on maybe 69. I think we stopped at 69. So trainers around the world, like I'm talking Bangladesh, Israel, like little places all over the world when they buy them, I'm like, Oh, cool. And Chris sometimes like Google maps where they are. So we sell these guides and we haven't made any in like maybe two years, but, um, that's called residual income, right? Yeah. Something that we made. So we made them for about six years, 69 of them. And, uh, they just make us cash flow every day, all day. And we haven't done it in years. Like th- that's the way to kind of really dial into something that you can do and like make money off of. And you're not really even doing it anymore. Holy. That's amazing. Just the amount of impact on the entire globe, not just like one area. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. So that's like kind of our biggest business. It goes all day. People are buying 10 packs of these like credits. I give them a bunch of like tips and tricks and notes, and they essentially get this blueprint they put on their clipboard and they go to their boot camp and they teach it. So it's neat through my accident Instagram. I talk to trainers all the time. I have women in crazy places of the world that do my workouts and they're sending me videos. I'm like, this is insane. So I feel like I'm almost training people all over the world through other trainers. It's so cool. I'm just like, still like, how did that happen? Like, it's so cool. That is unreal. How long ago did you say you made those? Started when I was pregnant with the twins. So we started them five years ago and we did them for maybe three years, four years. Yeah, we started when I was like pregnant. And I like to joke with Chris, like, cause they were like really good workouts. And my clients were like, your workouts are so insane right now. And they're, they would tease that it's like, cause I have like three brains in me. Cause like the twins and then mine. And like, <laughs> I don't know when you're pregnant and you're a mom, you're just like full of this like mom power. You know how pregnant people, they say they're just yeah, like they're glowing. They're glowing. <laughs> I was just like a powerhouse then. It's a cool business. And that's something that, you know, as a younger person, quarter life, I'd love to try and find something that you can have as like a residual income, something you kind of do now and it will make you money for life. I think that's what we all want to be honest. So you've obviously been a trainer now 
pretty much since you were like in your mid or young 20s. When you left high school, that's when the next steps of life occur. What was the plan when you left high school? Was the end goal to always be a trainer? Or what was the end goal for you like leaving high school? Yeah, that's what I want to know. Ooh, high school. I was a little brat. I had really bad marks. Um, I hung out with a bunch of dudes and we were just, I was just one of the boys. And um, I went to chef school. So out of high school, I went to chef school because I didn't want to, I, I just couldn't see myself in any job doing any anything really nothing attracted me, but I really liked food. So I was like, oh, I like food. So even back then I was like, what do I like? And I was like, okay, I'm going to, I like food. Let's go learn to do food. So I worked in restaurants for a long time. I was an apprentice at like the yacht club in the Hilton. Then I moved out West and worked at Chateau Lake Louise. So I did that because I liked hiking. So no, I didn't even know I'd be a trainer. And then after I was done chef school, I got pregnant after chef school out West <laughs> and <laughs> the fresh air. And then I, um, came back, had her. And then I just started going to the gym a ton because like I had this kid. So I really got into fitness then, but I got a gym membership when I was like 14 with my soccer team. And so I was always at the gym, but I started training hard after my child. Cause I was young and I had this baby. I'm like, I don't want to be like all blabby flabby at like 21. Like this isn't cool. <laughs> And I just started training so hard. And I was at the gym all the time that the owner of the gym, Good Life at the mall, he was like, do you want to like work here? You're here all the time. And I was just like, okay. So then I started working there. They had a daycare. So Raya could come to work with me. She just hung out in the daycare all day. All these kids coming in and out. She loved it. And uh, that's how I, yeah, that's what, out of high school. I didn't think I'd get into fitness, but I just knew I wanted to do something I liked. So I got into food, got people fat. And then I was like, yeah, I get people fit. So fat to fit. So, so there was, there was never that like beaten path for you. You were never just like, you know what? I'm going to be suit and tie or I'm going to be a teacher. Like there was no, none of that. No way. I don't like listening to people or someone telling me what to do. Even in school, I was like the worst student. Like my marks, I used to get like fifties and sixties and I would use a pencil and turn the fives and sixes and eights. <laughs> and I just dabbed it like this. That's where my art career started. And my parents had no idea. They thought I had eighties all through high school. I was really just not a good student. I, I'm just not really bright with like taking tests. Like still, like if I was to be like quizzed, like I'm just, I don't have like, I don't know. I just don't care for that. Mm -hmm. So I ne never wanted the beaten path. And I don't want that for my kids either. Of course, if that's what they choose to do, cool. Raya's done high school this year like next month or whatever. And I'm, I'm like, kind of said, you're taking a year off. Like you're moving out West, like go, go travel, go work, go get some experience. Cause to send your kids to like university or college right after shit, they don't know. You don't know what you want to do at 17. You know, how many students work for us that are like, yeah, I'm in this program. Like I'm going to be a nurse or I'm going to be a, you know, engineer, but I like, like it. And I, or I don't, some love it, but some don't, but they just kind of chose it. They paid for the schooling. So you feel like you have to do it. You don't know what you want to do at 17. Wow, can we frame yeah. that last 15 seconds of yeah. combo right there and use that as our, our like, yeah. screen display? <laughs> oh my God. Oh, you don't know what you wanna do then. And I knew young, I'm like, I don't wanna just like cookie cutter. And there's nothing wrong with that. If you find like, you know, power and energy and, and love in being a CEO at this or being a doctor or being an engineer, like I'm not dissing that at all. Mm -hmm. Not has to be an entrepreneur to go after your passions. Like some people that is their passion. And I think that's amazing. And I could never do any of that. And sometimes I'm like, why couldn't I, I just don't have it in me. I could not have, you have to be here at this time and you have to leave at this time. That would not work for me at all. Like at all. Mm -hmm. Like I, just, I couldn't have it. I don't like having, like, I gotta be at work at this time. I want to walk barefoot to work. And like, I can do that. Which is so cool. Yeah. The best. Yeah. I do not want a time slot. I don't want a boss telling me this. I don't want, really coworkers telling me what to do. I, I just can't do it. 
I just, I'm too like wild, maybe free an animal instinct. I don't know. I just like could never, and I knew I could never do that. And I would have struggled my whole life just getting by if I had to, before I would like go and like be like at the office or something. Like I just couldn't, it's not about money. It's not about money all this stuff. And it came because I love it. And when you love something and you're doing it, it will come. And if you believe in it and you're not being salesy about it, that's a mistake. Some people are too salesy about things. Like we sell hard and you don't even know I'm selling to you, but mm-hmm. it's just talk about it a certain way. You believe in it and you actually like love it. Yes. And I love that, that point that you just hit up. That is sweet. I think that should be like almost mandatory. I know if I have a kid, and he graduates high school, he or she, why do you have to go straight into something that you don't know what, if you're going to like it or not? And now yeah. you've just, you've just narrowed your options like this. Yeah. Now you feel pressured to go into something that you have to be a cookie cutter. Mom and dad, or I put all this money into it. So I have to be this I think I told right. You could never go to college university if you don't want, like, I don't feel like that's the only way I feel like even getting married, like, yeah, I love Chris, but like, do you have to get like nowadays? It's so like, who made up these, like, you know, you have to be married to have children. You have to go to university or college. Why? Some of the most successful people in the world didn't even, some of them didn't even finish high school. I think it's so like old school way. And if you want to become some, of course, if you want to like be a doctor or like certain you need the schooling, cause you got to know how to do it. And I'm not dissing schooling cause it teaches you to, it teaches you to learn. It teaches mm-hmm. you how to learn. It teaches you how to like, you know, level yourself, be proactive because you have projects you have to do. T- teach you how to have time frame. Luckily I have Chris, because like, I don't know if I'd be successful if I didn't have him. He did the schooling. So just find someone that did the schooling. <laughs> that That's is like, the ticket right there. Bingo. Yes. Find someone who's done all the schooling. That's what I tell Ryan. I'm like, just find someone. No. But nowadays, you don't like say she, because she wants to be an entrepreneur too. My dad was. So I grew up in a household. He ran like um, an engineering kind of manufacturing place. So I grew up in dad's shop. You know, I made money cleaning the toilets, washing the the guy's cars. Now she's growing up in this lifestyle since she was born. Now with Chris too, that's all we talk about. I don't know. I just could never have it any other way. Yeah. I I think, I think what you're just saying is you're not dissing them, but don't also tell me that I'm doing it wrong because you want to wear your hat backwards. Like don't tell me to live your life. You live your life. Let me live mine. I got to agree with you, JB. The go out West thing when you're 18, it's if you're going to send your kid away to university or college, it's going to cost you $20,000 anyways. So yeah. just send them to British Columbia or to yeah. San Diego for a year. And it's going to cost you the same amount of money. Yeah. Like teach them to learn how to take risks, do it on yeah. their own. They're going to like, they're going to learn how to live out there and mm-hmm. they'll find it. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like you can find jobs that are room and board, you know, like where you go and it's room and board. You can work in a wine vineyard out West. You can work at a ski resort. You can work, you can find these jobs and you just got to like, email them a ton of times and bug them and call them. And like, you don't have to like have the schooling and like spend a ton of money. You could do it on a dime out there. You just got to like figure it out. I still love how she goes up to Boog's office and she goes two hands on the table. Listen, either you want me or you don't. (laughs) I said, this is what I said. I said, you need me. You just won the mem cup and you're the team to get after and you're going to win it again next year. And guess what? They freaking did. And the year after they did. Yeah. So just Go after what you want to do in life, have fun with it, but, uh, you know, be smart about it and don't try and have your end goal right at the beginning. Cause that. you don't know exactly what that is. And mm-hmm. you're going to just waste a ton of money. I have trainers that call me and email me all the time saying, I want this. What equipment do I need? You know, but I don't have a ton of, I'm like, don't start with equipment. Start with the tree. Start with, remember I used to get you guys in the water at the sand yeah. at the beach. Use the water. It's free. It's resistance. Use the trees. I literally remember being at Sandpoint beach and we are running through the water. 
she's like <laughs> high knees through like a foot and a half or like two feet of water. It's resistance yeah. training. Like it is. It was so funny. And like, we're just like, so it was like, it felt like Navy SEAL training to us. So like we like yeah. loved it. And then we had to yeah. run back to the rink after. No, it was so funny because you'd be in the sand and I'd send you out like 20 feet and I'd make you, yeah, do high knees to the other beach on the other side and then get out and do like, say pushups down there and then come back. And I remember when I would, and I would do this with my crew too. I train you guys just like I train everyday people. That's what AxFit is. It's like sports training, kind of like that kind of crazy training with everyday people. Mm -hmm. And I just, I think I just got a sick and twisted kind of like, I don't know. I just get off on it. I'm just like makes people do stuff. And they're just kind of looking at me like, really? Like we're doing this. And then they just do it. My brother picked on me my whole life. Like he was always picking on me, pinning me down, doing the whole like spit thing, like bugging me. <laughs> like, what is I, that? Like, where you like let the spit drop and then it comes back. No. Yeah. yeah, yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, what is she talking about? Yeah, yeah. Like incest or something? No, like, you know, yeah. You know, when you're like a big, what is it called? A like loogie. a loogie. Yeah. 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 yeah just like it's dangling. And then you, so <laughs> That was like half my childhood. So like, I just like picking on people. I'm going to do fitness because I like picking on people and getting paid to freaking do it. That is a very unique take on that. At what age do you think you were going through your QLC and how did you get out of it? I know you've already talked about a ton of ways that you've kind of made it through your twenties and to be as successful as you are today, running multiple businesses. What was the key to getting through your QLC? Yeah. And before you go here, um, We've just had so many guests on in the past that are of our era and our age group. And you're our first guest that's kind of been through the quarter life crisis era. And we want your take on, cause now you're, you're past it. And yeah. we want your take on what you did and maybe what the audience, what advice you can give the audience. Yeah. Oh, it's so sad. I feel like I'm still 20. Like, oh, I don't want to like be past <laughs> quarter life. But yeah, like the stuff I've been saying, just like driving hard, doing things that you love every day, like things that make you happy. Because like, I think in your twenties, it's, it's a tough time. You're trying to find yourself, you know, what you want to do, but you don't know what you want to do sometimes, or you want to do too many things. You have too many things. You kind of got to like pick something and you can always add, you have time. You can always like add those other things in later twenties are tough because you're not a child anymore, but you're not quite, you know, maybe like successful, right? So you're struggling for maybe money or whatever it may be. I think just focusing on what really makes you happy. I'm big on that. Like what makes you happy every day? Because you're going to be the best at what you do when you actually like it. Mm -hmm. um, and then just like driving hard, pushing hard, working hard. Like, you know, you might enjoy partying and this and that, but I just like never really um, tapped into that too much. Right. It's just like, doesn't, and you, and you know what, one of the biggest thing is you are the five people or four or three or six people you hang around with the most. So who are you hanging out with? What are they doing? What's their attitude like? That's the most important. Cause if you're hanging around like, you know, one pretty awesome dude, but you have like four or five friends, guys, girls that are just kind of into the party scene or like, you know, disrespecting people or negative or don't believe in you or aren't good listeners for one thing. Like, like if people aren't listening, when you talk to them, like that's my biggest pet peeve when you can't like talk to someone. So if you're around these friends that, you know, people in your life, that's who you slowly become. So the biggest thing I think in your 20s is surrounding yourself around people that are go-getters, older people too, having a couple 
couple friends that are older that you can learn from. So I like, I found like people that were older, they were clients, but I was like, Hey, like, I'm going to gravitate to you. Cause you know, stuff I'm learning stuff from you. So being around people like you're learning from who are motivating you, who pull out your strengths, but also pull out your weaknesses. So that's really important. And then just going after the things that make you like really happy and not listening to people who are like bringing you down or saying, no, you can't do that or not listening. And they're just like ref- deflecting what you're saying. I think that's, that's my biggest advice. Yeah. Surround yourself around really positive people and just going after what you love and work your freaking ass off right now. Work hard, whatever your goal is, like do something every day. Like don't like sit and watch Netflix at night, like watching someone else living a life on the screen. That's fake with these cameras. It's not real. Oh, did you hear what so-and-so did on the show? Like who gives a shit what they did? Like you have hours at night to go after your stuff. If you're working all day, then at night, do the stuff that you're passionate about. And it doesn't even have to be business. It could be art or it could be like a sport or it could be anything. So just like really pushing hard every day and using your, your time wisely and goal setting, writing it down, putting a date next to it. When am I going to get this done by, and you have to do it by then put it in your phone, whatever it is. That's what the most successful people do, man. It's the goal setting. Danielle's the sixth yeah. person to come on and say at some point there's some sort of goal like written down goal and a timeline to meet it yeah it sounds really cheesy but it's actually like like if you write it or type it in your phone and you're like okay today like what's on my list today okay oh i gotta get that done by friday oh shit i better like do that it does keep you accountable if you're writing it down and something physical about like not just typing but writing it like even if you're sitting at a a, a restaurant and the napkin like write it down like write 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 it down write it down draw it manifest it put it out into the universe i remember doing that a ton just like putting it out there and if someone called me on my phone to sell me on like their shit i'd listen and then i'd sell them on my shit um or the waitress that came to my table to serve me i would tell her about my boot camp but not in a salesy way just like get it out there somehow so just like talking like you already do it we always want to live out west so we started like saying like um we're going out there we're going out there and now like we're doing it you know what i mean or i always wanted to I don't know, do an Ollie and I couldn't do it all my life. And then last summer I'm like, I'm going to like, finally like do this. Like just, it's such a dumb excuse, but like anything you want to do, it's pretty simple. You just got to like, put it out there that you're going to do it. You're going to do it. And you're going to do it. Not say, I wish I could, or I hope I can, or I want to just fucking do it. I love that. I love and that. I actually love the Ollie more than anything, because <laughs> that is the simplest one where it's no matter how many times you fall, you get back up and you keep doing it. She didn't sit there on a skateboard. Just the first day it was an Ollie. She probably went down a few times and she just kept oh. getting back up and doing it. And that's literally the like metaphor or example that people use when they're trying to say, don't get knocked down. Like yeah. keep going. Yeah. So. I just feel like that sums up like our interview today yeah. because it feels like you've just been jumping over cliffs your whole life and just figuring it out on the way down, which is something honestly that I, I kind of struggle with. I wish I could just go balls in on something and say, see you later. But I'm well, obviously learning a little bit from you. Well, why aren't you doing it? You know what? Lately I have been. You've been a little better. Lately, I've been getting better at it. Lately, I've been jumping off the cliff a little bit. But earlier on, it was always like, no, have the backup, have the safety net, and then go for whatever. And you know what? It's like, screw it. That's the mistake. I think people are worried, like, got to have that safety net. Like, for what? You don't know. Tomorrow, today, I could leave this and start walking to, to the shop and get hit by a car. Like, you don't know. What do you need a safety net for? I think we're always going to be okay. Screw the safety net. Like, you can't live your, your life in a safety net. So, F that. Honestly, and I've, I've started to learn that maybe this last year. Yeah. That, like, the safety net is overrated. It kind of sucks, actually. Yeah. Because I've been doing it for a long time now. And it's like, all right, I, I get rid of that thing. Because it just makes me less motivated to do the thing I want to in the first place. Yeah, and who wants a net? Like, just build yourself a frick 
can like steal like empire, not like worried about this like little net that might be back there that I might need to fall into. Like, yeah. fuck, like why? You're gonna fall into that? You're not gonna fall. You're gonna work your ass off and you're gonna build like a building, not a freaking net. <laughs> I like that. Right. I love it. What's coming for Urban Surf in the or this summer and in the future? And so this year we're bringing in electric uh, beach cruiser bikes. It's so funny because now there's actually like a bike trail that leaves from Urban Surf all the way like pretty much to Bell River Beach, like down that side thing there. And that wasn't there. So it was like the perfect year to start because they just built it like a month ago. So put it out in the universe and the universe built us a trail. But um, <laughs> so beach cruiser bikes are new this year. We're going to do sunset cruises every night. People are outside. They feel good about it. I'm into like pottery and clay and like I do a lot of that. So I'm going to be doing like a lot of like clay fun workshops because it's like something great about like using your hands and like making something that you can like physically eat and drink out of is really cool so we're gonna like be doing those um our goal long term for urban is to like have like these pods on the property where it's like little like um you can come and like pull your boat up and stay the night and like it's this whole like urban surf's like a lifestyle to us it's not so much just like a spot or like mm -hmm. we rent things out we want people to come and they have like these like, you know, little vacation kind of like tiny house kind of thing. So that's kind of our next, like our future thing. Do you guys so still run the Airbnb out of the sailboat? No. Yeah. yeah. We sold that last yeah. year just because it was so busy. We had the sailboat and I made it all bohemian, like really cool inside. And people were shaking that boat every night. It was so crazy. I don't know. It just got too much. We wanted to do it. We did it for a couple of years and then uh, we sold the boat. So when the we boat was a rocking. Don't come yeah. a knock. <laughs> Thing was rocking every night it was oh it was boy <laughs> but yeah so not a ton new we got a ton of new paddle boards a bunch of new kayaks just came in so we have all new equipment um we're gonna be selling out all our old stuff so people can check out that day and pick up stuff because it's hard to buy anything in the world right now mm. oh, yeah. everyone's buying everything up right yeah. we hope we can have a season like are they gonna let us open we plan to open on the first but now these like but anyways whatever yeah. we'll see from the stuff that you talked about today what would you say is the one point that we can go home and take from you specifically, Danielle Chevalier, for us to go home with to deal with our QLCs? Um, go after what really like feeds your like soul. That's okay. number one. Go after what really like flames, keeps that fire burning in you because that's what you're going to be the happiest with. And that's what you're going to do the best at. And that's what like life goes by. I feel like I was just your age and I'm already like almost 40. And like, if I wasn't doing what I love this whole time, like, what's the point of life? So do what makes you happy. It's such a simple thing, but it's like, like you can, you can do it and you can't say you can't, you don't need tons of money or, you know, just start small, start small and work hard and do what makes you happy. There's three. Now I'm shaking off the rush. Thanks everybody for tuning in to the Quarter Life Crisis podcast. Hope you enjoyed the episode and listening to us bozos talk about absolutely zero. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us on Instagram at theqlcguys.com, except for the fact that that's not true. There's no .com. Just do you.